Bags down, spikes on, welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News, presented by The Harrier. If you're looking for any awesome track and field related posters, t-shirts, stickers, anything like that, go to The Harrier. Uh, They have a website as well as an Instagram page. Uh, You go there, use code TWN, get 20% off your order. Um... Awesome. So before we get into today's episode, also make sure that you leave a like, subscribe, leave a review. really helps us know that you're enjoying the content we got going on here. Um, We love the support that we've had so far and and would love to keep having that from you guys. Um, Now, so we have three main stories that we're going to talk about. I guess you could say, yeah, yeah, three main stories. So um, let's first talk about a little brief recap from last night. So if you missed it, last night I had a discussion with Ray Edwards of Ray's Takes. It is a track and field commentary channel. He does stuff on YouTube as well as Instagram. He does a lot of tweets also. He is a former professional sprinter. Uh, He has a gym out in Dallas, Texas right now where he helps train different athletes all the way up to the Olympic level as well. And he has a lot of awesome insight about track and field, and he has some really good stuff. He's, he started this year as well, same, similar as myself, and he's got a, uh, he's in a, a little bit of a, an interesting situation when it comes with him as, and uh, FlowTrack. So obviously FlowTrack being the biggest network we have in track and field right now, he is in a little bit of a situation with them, and if you missed it, we had a discussion about that, as well as a discussion on just how track and field athletes aren't getting paid as much as they probably should be and ways that we could change that situation. So it's definitely an awesome conversation. You can go and listen to it on uh, Instagram. I'm trying to figure out a way that I can post it as a bonus episode. Uh, If I can, hopefully I'll do that this week as well. So you could get it here if you listen to my podcast and you don't follow me on Instagram. Um, or if you just like listening to it here instead of having to keep Instagram open, whatever it might be. It's about a 30, 40-minute conversation, so it was really good. Um, I think there's some some interesting stuff that was that was said during that. So definitely don't want to miss out on that. Uh, now, want to get into the main recaps for the week. Track and field is officially over. We finally have finished out the season. Very excited. Didn't have many... Issues in regards to COVID with the season, the only real uh, case, I guess you could say, of significance was Sam Kendricks at the Olympics. Obviously stinks that it was at the Olympics that we weren't able to have one of the best athletes, but luckily it was only one and it didn't affect many more. We have no major meets other than the pen relays was canceled or altered. Everything else, or altered dramatically, everything else was pretty much ran business as usual, which was fantastic. And uh, we had some fantastic times and some fantastic heights and some fantastic throws and jumps and everything. It was a very, 
very good year. Uh, I'll be doing a yearly recap and all of that stuff probably next week uh, because I am currently putting together a top 50 performers from the 2021 season as we speak. I've gotten about 40 of them uh, solidified, as in I know who's going to be on the list. We need about 10 more, and then to, to rank them is the last thing that we're finishing out. So keep an eye out for that. We'll be posting that on Instagram as well as discussing it here on the podcast. That'll probably be next Tuesday, so um, hopefully we'll finish that up. But we had our last two meets, and so last the last two competition, competitions – Bellinzona was earlier last or late last week, and then we had the meet the meeting in Nairobi, which happened just a few days ago. So want to talk about both of them. So in Bellinzona, we had Shelly Ann Fraser Price. She ran a 10.78, just showing that she is extraordinarily consistent. This is her 13th straight race running sub 11. And it's uh, it's just showing once again that she is one of the most consistent athletes that we have in the game right now. Um, yeah, we're, we've gotten kind of adapted and, you know, thinking that every athlete uh, that's, uh, you know, a female sprinter is going to be running, you know, 10, low 10 sevens, 10 sixes and 10 sixes is, is an insane time. I mean, we don't, you don't see that every day. And the fact that we're seeing a 10, seven, eight should be you know, applauded because it's, it, I mean, yeah, we got kind of spoiled with such fast races this year that we don't, we might not kind of realize how impressive that 10.78 is, but it's an extremely fast time. And to see that she did that, what, I, towards the tail end of her career, what should be the tail end of her, her career, she's running her fastest times right now. Very, very impressive. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what she's going to be doing going into Worlds. And then she even says she wants to compete in the Olympics again. Which how she's been running now, I don't see why she can't. Uh, she's been she has very good longevity, and I think she can continue that through her career. Uh, next, this is probably the second there the the last thing from Bellinzona that I'd really like to talk about. Uh, not too many other meets uh, or important times have happened, mainly because it's it's like the, it's the last meet of the year, and it's not this isn't like other sports where the last meet of the year is the biggest competition because some athletes finish their career at the finished their year at the Olympic trials, some finished at the Olympics, some finished at Diamond League, and then some went all the way through this competition, you know, with, with the middle of September. So it's weird. There's, it doesn't end in a championship. Like it just ends in this race, these few races and the best athletes finish at different times. And it, it's just weird it, how our track teams and schedules and all that goes. But Whatever. Uh, so at Melanzona, we had Devin Allen ran a sub 13 for the first time. He ran a 12.99, which would have won an Olympic gold medal. I believe he came in fourth place in the Olympics this year in the 110 hurdles. And he's like he's a guy that I have as a very good contender to not only medal but even potentially upset. Grant Holloway at the world championships this year for a few reasons. Let me tell you why. So he is going to be running at home. He's an Oregon duck. That's where he ran in college. Now he's going to be going back there competing and he's running some of his best track right now. He's going to have the high of finishing off the season at a 1299 
riding into this upcoming season. So he's going to be ending it on a good note and being one of the most consistent runners this year as well. He's so he showed that he has been growing at an exponential rate. He's been a, he's been flirting around that 13-1 and then low 13s for a while now and he finally broke that mark with the 12.99. So I think that that's going to be a large monkey off of his back and he's going to be like, "Okay, I've done it. I belong here." Obviously, he belongs here. He's been to the Olympics twice, but I've done it and I can be competing not just to be, you know, in the medal contention, but I can compete to win a major. Like, so I'm excited to see if he's actually going to con- to, to be able to take that next step and being able to win at a major because that's really, you know, once you're, you're really getting good, if you can win a major. So uh, kudos to Devin Allen. Um, excited for him. Fellow track and field podcaster with the, the Track Boys podcast. I believe they're going to be starting back up soon. Uh, definitely have some good content there. So turn, check it out when they, when they tune back in. Next was the final race that we had of the season. It was out in Nairobi. We had a couple really good performances in the, I believe, yeah, the 100 as well as the 200. So I want to talk about both of them here. So first we'll talk about the 100. Trayvon Bermel ran a 9.76, which is like, wicked fast and it's great to see that he is back at his old form so if you remember early in the year i believe it was in march uh he ran a 9.77 which then tied him for i think seventh all time in the 100 meter um all time list he's running no joke times and especially coming off of his injuries that he had for a while this was his like coming back party and it was awesome to see him him doing well he was undefeated up through the olympic trials just showing that he had complete dominance everyone had him as favorite to win the men's 100 and then something happens uh nothing comes out with it was a if it was official injury but i think there had to be some type of injury some type of strain that happened in between the olympic trials and then the olympics because he then doesn't make the olympic final he gets out in the semis and He then, after the Olympics, for a couple races, is getting fourth, fifth, third. He's, you know, not running very well, running in the tens, ten, uh, you know, like ten ones or low tens. And from a guy that was running consistently like nine eights to then see him running ten seconds was confusing and concerning a little bit to me. And then he's now finishing his year running a 9.76, which is very exciting. Uh, So it brings him back into that conversation of being one of the best sprinters that we have. He's now tied for sixth all time with Christian Coleman, uh, and he has the world lead again. So he had a fantastic race. Something else that was also really cool, he gave his spikes away to a fan. He tweeted about how when he was younger, he saw a former world record holder. He doesn't say who it was. Uh, and he asked for a picture or something like that, and the guy just turned the other, you know, turned away, didn't do anything, didn't acknowledge him. And he mentioned he doesn't want that to happen at all. So he's going to be someone that interacts with his fans a lot, which is something that you love to hear. Because as a, a track fan myself, like knowing, like, hey, this is a guy that you know interacts with his fans. He he knows that he is a an athlete that has people looking at what he does. Over the course of sub 10 seconds, they're fans of what you're doing over that amount of time. Like, it's important to, to make sure you're interacting with them. And so it's cool to see him do that. Uh, an awesome moment for sure. 
Now, that's not the only story that we have out of that 100. We also had a, another runner by the name of Ferdinand uh, Amanyala. Uh, so he uh, comes out of Kenya, and he ran a 9.77. So up until this race, that 9.77 would have tied for the world-leading time with Trayvon Vermel, Vermel, and then now he is just second in the, the world lead and goes to seventh all-time in the men's 100. Now, the name might not sound very familiar, and that's because he is he's fairly new to the sport. So he started running about five years ago. He actually was a rugby player, and then he was suspended for um, performance-enhancing drugs, and he decided to then transfer into track and field. And so now here he is. And if you, I took a look at his times, and this might be the craziest progression that I have ever seen in my entire life. So this guy, he was, he ran a nine point seven seven this year, right? So that is the second, that is the seventh fastest time all time. And just in twenty, so in twenty twenty, he ran a ten point three two, and then. In 2019, he was running a 10.47. This man went from a time that wouldn't qualify you for the NCAA regional meet in 2019. And then two years later, he ran a 9.77, which is the seventh fastest time of all time and the second fastest time in the entire world. That is insane. So if you're an athlete, and you're seeing like, hey, I'm running in these these ten mids, and you know you, you think you might might be over. Like, no man, like there is tons of opportunity for you to run faster. Like, this is a guy very fresh in the sport, running a nine seven seven, and just two years ago, his personal best was a ten point four seven. Are you kidding me? Like, that's wild. Like, there's one of my friends ran at that exact same time in 2019, and then to be like, wow, to think that this guy was one of my friends could have been now running a world's fastest time. Like that's like, that's the difference, like insane. So this is crazy, pro crazy, um, you know, progression from him. Hope, hopefully this isn't just a flash in the pan. Hopefully this is something that he can continue on. Now he did run a bunch of 10 lows this year, like 10.01s, 10.02s. So hopefully he can continue this throughout the 2020 season but uh, or 2022 season, but this was something that was very impressive uh, coming out of Nairobi. Uh, you also had Fred Curley, uh, who set a new personal best in the 200 with a time of 19.76. So that is a new personal best for him, his fifth straight time going sub-20 in the 200. And he now has personal bests of a 9.84, 19.9.84 in the 100, obviously, 19.76 in the 200. And then this year he has a season's best of a 44.60 in the 400. So he is solidifying his name as one of the greatest sprinters that we have all around right now. And something that I am going to be interested to see is what's going to be the impact that this season that Fred Curley is having right now on the future of track and field. So before this, we saw a lot of sprinters that were 400-meter specialists or were 100- and 200-meter specialists. And this year, Curly completely broke that mold. And I'm interested to see if this is going to be something we'll be seeing throughout the entire track and field 
world with younger sprinters. If you remember not too long ago, I actually spoke with Connor Washington, who's going to be a freshman at Arkansas, one of the top sprinters in the entire country. And he mentioned that he wants to do the one, two, and the four. And that the fact that Curley is doing this played a little bit of a part in his decision. And that is something that's huge. And so I'm wondering if this is going to be kind of like the new thing. Is this going to be like how Steph deciding to shoot threes from anywhere made every kid want to start shooting threes? And now we have some of the best shooters of all time that are probably still in middle school right now because they've been practicing shooting since they were three years old, trying to shoot from 30 feet out. Is, this, is that going to be the same thing, but for track? Are we now going to be having a plethora of sprinters that saw Fred Curley, who was a 400-meter runner, they thought they were going to just be a 400-meter runner, and say, you know what? Let me expand my repertoire a little bit. Let me try to do some more. I think it is. I think we're going to be seeing more people that are 400-meter runners running in the one in the 100 open. I mean, for example, Noah, Noah Williams, who is one of the best 400-meter runners that we have saying 400 a lot, uh, one, one of the best 400 meter runners in the NCAA last year, he was yet indoor NCAA champion. He was on the four by one for the, uh, for LSU. I mean, are we going to see him running more twos? Could he potentially run a one? I mean, I'm probably going to talk about that later on, but it's going to be interesting. Cause I mean, he's the guy that definitely has speed similar with, with Curly, obviously he has a lot of speed and a lot of endurance. And I think having a good 400 meter base is going to help you in the 100 when it comes to those rounds, when it comes to the world championships, when it comes to Olympics, because with those, you got to run three hundreds at the minimum. And then if you're doing the two, you got to run three, two hundreds if you're making it to the final. And if you have a good base in the 400, that stuff gets easier because you have better endurance. I mean, I think it can happen. I think it could happen. And I hope that it does because it'll be very exciting to see a lot of runners start to expand the repertoire. We saw Michael Norman do the 100 a few times towards the end of this year. He also did it in 2020 and uh, he ran fairly well. He was running, what was it, like nine, uh, he ran like a nine nine or something like that this year. I think he even ran a nine eight last year. So uh, I'll be interested to see if he also expands uh, into doing the 100 also. Uh, and then finally, uh, to, to wrap up this show, we had Justin Gatlin. Uh, so he announced that he will not be retiring yet. Uh, he is still thinking about what is going on with his career. He obviously ran in Nairobi as well. He originally said that the race that he had in Bellinzona was going to be it. Uh, and then he signed up for this Nairobi race. Uh, one thing that probably that might have done that is that this race was at elevation. It was like 6,000 uh, feet above sea level. So usually that helps you run a little bit faster uh, for sprinters. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, yeah, hey, let's do this. Let's see if we can knock out another uh, sub 10 or whatever. I think he ran a 10.01, 10.02, ran fairly fast, especially for a 39 year old. Uh, but he said that he's going to hold off on his decision to retire, see if he's going to stretch his career out for another year. Uh, if you remember a while ago, he actually said that he originally wanted to have 2020 be the last year that he competed, but then with the Olympics being moved to 2021, obviously he expanded that by one year because why not? And then now he's, he's thinking about doing it again. I think the reason why, one reason that plays a big factor is that he pulled up at the Olympic trials in the final with a hammy injury. And so I think he wants to go out on his own terms. He wants to give himself a chance to make that 2022 team. Uh, and can he do it? I mean, it's going to be really freaking rough, man. Like it is going to be hard to make this 100 meter team. 
One, we don't know who's going to be on it. And two, we have Christian Coleman uh, running. Uh, so you're going to have Coleman, Curly, Bramell, Bracey, um, Kenny Bednarik running. I mean, you're going to have a lot of people. And not even to mention the younger guys that are that are going to possibly be running it. The new pros. You're going to be having Terrence Laird, Arian Knighton, Jalen Slade. Like, there's a lot of really good runners that we have that this 100-meter team is going to be tough, really tough to make. Um, but he could could he get into the top six, get on that relay pool? Definitely, he, he could. If you make the 100-meter the final, you got a good shot. All you got to do is beat two people. Uh, and he could make it. And then I think if he does that, he would then probably end his career doing one of those. But I think he'll probably run next year. I mean, he would have – I think he'll, he'll probably think about it and be like, hey, it's a U.S. – uh, it's going to be a U.S. World Championship, so I don't have to actually leave the United States. I can stay here in the U.S. where I'm comfortable, where I don't have to go anywhere. The travel can be easy. I can train, and then I can get on the track at, at Oregon and, and be in front of my home fans, the, the people that you know love me the most, that see me the most, that grew up watching me, and then potentially call it a career there. So that's what I think he'll probably do. Uh, we'll see as the story develops. If he announces a retirement, if he announces he's staying, you'll hear it here. Uh, we'll mention that. But um, that has been another episode of Track World News. Hope that you guys have enjoyed it. If you did, please make sure that you leave a like, leave a review, uh, leave a comment. All that stuff really helps us know that you're enjoying what's going on. And the 30 seconds that it takes for you to do that really does mean the world for me. So if you could, would really appreciate it. Um, my name's Colin. This has been another episode of Track World News. Have a good one and peace.